2 Chronicles 14. So Abiah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in David's city. And Asa his son reigned in his place. In his days the land was quiet ten years. Asa did that which was good and right in Yahweh his God's eyes. For he took away the foreign altars and the high places, broke down the pillars, cut down the Asherah poles, and commanded Judah to seek Yahweh, the God of their fathers, and to obey his law and command. Also, he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the sun images, and the kingdom was quiet before him. He built fortified cities in Judah, for the land was quiet, and he had no war in those years, because Yahweh had given him rest. For he said to Judah, Let's build these cities and make walls around them with towers, gates, and bars. The land is yet before us, because we have sought Yahweh our God. We have sought him, and he has given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. Asa had an army of 300,000 out of Judah who bore bucklers and spears, and 280,000 out of Benjamin who bore shields and drew bows. All of these were mighty men of valour. Zerah the Ethiopian came out against them with an army of a million troops and 300 chariots, and he came to Marishah. Then Asa went out to meet him, and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zephath, Zephathah at Marishah. Asa cried to Yahweh his God and said, Yahweh, there is no one beside you to help between the mighty and him who has no strength. Help us, Yahweh our God, for we rely on you, and in your name are we come against this multitude. Yahweh, you are our God. Don't let man prevail against you. So Yahweh struck the Ethiopians before Asa and fled before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. Asa and the people who were with him pursued them to Gerar, and so many of the Ethiopians fell that they could not recover themselves, for they were destroyed before Yahweh and before his army, and they carried away very much booty. They struck all the cities around Gerar, for the fear of Yahweh came on them, and they plundered all the cities, for there was much plunder in them. They also struck the tents of livestock and carried away sheep in abundance and camels and returned to Jerusalem. So Asa is the son of Abiah, the grandson of Rehoboam, the great-grandson of Solomon, the great-great-grandson of King David. And he's now king. And it says he followed the Lord with his... Well, it doesn't say, didn't say with his whole heart, but he turned to do things the Lord's way. He started removing idols from the land, cutting down the Asherah poles. So he makes an effort. So his grandfather Rehoboam, he stopped following the Lord. His father Abiah was kind of a weak follower of the Lord. But here we've got someone that says, you know what, I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to do things right. You know, my parents might not have done things properly, but I'm going to do them properly. So he makes an effort. It's very, very hard, you know, when... Here's a, a, an easily understood example. You've developed a prayer habit and you're faithfully praying every morning, you know, reading the Bible and praying. It's hard to develop that habit. It takes a lot of effort and determination and routine. And, but then you can go on holidays or go away for a weekend, do something out of your usual routine, and it's so easy for the habit to drop, but so hard for it to restart again. And it's like that, not just with things like your habit, your, your daily habits like exercise or other things, but it's like that with things at a national level or things at a spiritual level. So here you've got kings like David that have worked so hard to set up the following of the Lord. The temple has been built and he set up the worshipping, the priests, the musicians. It's all been set up. It takes effort to put it in place. 
It's so easy for someone like Rehoboam to say, ah, who cares, and it just all falls down. But then it takes a lot of effort to get it all back up again, and that's what Asa is doing, making an effort. And there are things in our lives like this where we've let them slip down. And we need to say, you know what, that is something that needs to be in place, and we've got to make the effort for it. So restart that prayer time and see how you go. Now in this chapter, here's a guy, Asa, who's following the Lord, but an army comes against him and it says the army of Zerah, the Cushite. Uh, in this version, the World English Bible, it said Zerah, the Ethiopian. Cushites are Ethiopians. And um, so this Ethiopia is a country below Egypt. And, um, but in the next chapter, which we're going, we haven't got to yet, it's going to refer to this battle as a battle against the Cushites and the Lubim. Now, the Lubim are those from Libya. So we've got a, an army here of Ethiopians and Libyans. So these are the people south of Egypt and west of Egypt. What we've basically got here, in my opinion, is an army that comes from, an, you know, it's basically an Egyptian army. So you've had quite a lot of times in history, the Egyptian empire controlled things in Libya or controlled things in Ethiopia. Like if you go right back to Moses, for example, when Moses was a prince in Egypt, he actually led the Egyptian army into Ethiopia and conquered it. And so they ruled over Ethiopia. Well, that type of thing would happen at various times. Uh, when we were talking about Rehoboam a couple of chapters ago, we talked about Shoshenk or the first, the first Pharaoh of the 22nd dynasty. So he's the Egyptian Pharaoh, but he's a Libyan. So there's all this overlapping that goes on. And here we've got this gigantic army that comes that's made up of Libyans and Ethiopians. And when you look up um, commentaries, there's quite a few people who think that this is the fifth Egyptian, that this Zira, the Kushite, or Zira the Ethiopian, is actually the fifth pharaoh of the 22nd dynasty, whose name is Osorkon II. So that's not something I can prove to you but that's something that I've read that various readers and uh, various expert writers think is possible. So what we've got here is quite likely the Pharaoh of Egypt, the fifth Pharaoh of the 22nd dynasty, Osorkon II, coming to attack Israel, coming to attack Judah, and bringing with him a great army of Egyptians, Ethiopians, and Libyans. And it says here that he had a million soldiers in his army. Now this is the biggest army mentioned anywhere in the entire Bible, a million soldiers. That's a lot of people. <laughs> you think about Queensland, like the, where, we, where I live, there's five million people in the whole state of Queensland, and Queensland's a big place. So we're talking 20% of everyone that lives in Queensland. Or you, you uh, think of a city like Brisbane, that's you know, maybe three million people, you're talking about a third of the entire Brisbane in one army. This is uh, a big amount of people. Now, historians, particularly non-biblical ones, uh, they doubt that this number is correct. There seems to be a lot of suspicion about this number. Now, uh, the, one, the one commentator that I like to read, who I've read a lot of, is this um, Bert Kaufman, and he says that the only reason people would doubt a number like this is because they haven't found proof outside the Bible that is true. And what he's saying is correct. There's a lot of people who just doubt because the Bible said it. They don't doubt uh, other sources. Like if they read some other source that said, you know, 
this bloke had an army of a million people, they would say, oh, the Bible must be right. It's been said somewhere else. <laughs> but because the Bible said it, they doubted. And what Bert Kaufman was saying was there were other armies in ancient times that were big. For example, he quoted the King Xerxes of the Persian Empire who crossed the Hellespont to attack Greece. So there was this time where they actually, the Hellespont is like this very narrow stretch of water, maybe about one mile or one kilometer across. And they actually got a heap of boats together and built like a land bridge. And then he, he marched his army right across the land, not the land bridge, uh, like a, a boat bridge. He marched his army across the Hellespont to attack Greece. So it's like a famous thing. But apparently, according to Herodotus, he marched 2.5 million people across the Hellespont. Um, some people said, oh, Herodotus, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, another ancient writer, Simonides, or Simonides, who wrote about the same battle, he said, no, it wasn't 2.5 million, it was 4 million, <laughs> even bigger. But there was a third writer who wrote about in history, Tzetius, and he said that it was only 800,000. Well, either way, 800,000, 2.5 million or 4 million, these are all huge numbers. You conclude from all these different stories that this is a big, big army in ancient times. Of course, emperors like, say, Osorkon II, the pharaoh of Egypt, can muster an army of like a million people if they want to. So we know that Alexander the Great mustered big armies. We know that the Persian Empire mustered big armies. We know the Romans had big armies. There's no reason why the Egyptians also didn't have big armies. My sense of it is, um, that the Bible's true. Why, there's no reason to not trust the Bible. It's been proven right so many times. So what we've got here then is we've got King Asa, a man who loves the Lord, and he, he cuts down the Asherah poles, and he, he's actually making the effort to re-establish things, and then a, a giant army of a million people comes against him, and what does he do? He cries out to the Lord, and the Lord delivers him, and he has a great, great victory. Now, if you're, an, if you're a small nation like Judah and you have a gigantic army come against you, the Lord's your only hope. And that's actually good because the Lord is your only hope. And right now in your life, there are almost certainly some obstacles, some things that have come against you that are way too big for you to handle. It's the Egyptians. They've come against you and the Lord's your only hope. Right now in your mind, you're thinking of something and we're going to pray. Father, we bring before you right now the army of Egyptians that has attacked us. Lord, for, for everyone who's participating in this prayer, it's a different thing. But Lord, we hand them over to you and we ask, Lord, deliver us from our enemies. Lord, not people, but Lord, deliver us from the circumstances that are causing us so much trouble. Lord, I ask for a great breakthrough from the complete destruction of this problem and these problems. Lord, I ask you to give to us the plunder of victory like you did for King Asa. Lord, deliver us and establish us. Let your power and your grace be upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. And keep in mind that Asa was someone who, who went about the huge effort of getting things the way the Lord wants. That helps too. So maybe there's some things you need to put in place too. Lord bless you.